Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the channel. Today, we have our first episode of the No Huddle Podcast, and I have my brother Nathan here with me. Nathan, what do we got for today? First up, we have the National Signing Day recap. Recap of the 2023 class, and we'll finish it off to look ahead to 2024. All right, so uh, let's get things started here. Today was National Signing Day. Headlined by Nicholas Harbor going to South Carolina. This is a big win for Shane Beamer. Many people thought near the end that Oregon was leading here because of his official visit. You know, he visited there, got a look at the track facilities. Dan Landing and company, they really rolled out the red carpet here. Bill Knight was in town. So, hey, what do you think of Nicholas Harbor going to South Carolina? I think it's a big get for uh, Shane Beamer and a uh, pretty big loss for Dan Landing as they went for him really hard towards the end of the cycle. Maybe if they went after him a little more harder earlier, started out a little more, trying to have a better chance, but I think it's a good place for him to go. Yeah, I agree. I think... I think near the end of his recruitment, I think relationships and how long Shane Beamer was going after, and I think that played a big role in ultimately why he chose South Carolina. Another commitment that took place involving Oregon, but Oregon actually got this one. It was Roderick Pleasant from Southern California. He's a cornerback, but from what I'm hearing, Oregon might use him on both sides of the ball, and that was really enticing, and part of the reason he did go to Oregon for the possibility of playing offense. Roger Pleasant, he's one of the faster players in the country, and he broke this, I think it was just the California record for the 100-meter dash, which is pretty impressive by itself, and he also wants to run in the 2024 or the 2028 Olympics, either in the 100-meter or 200-meter. So overall, this is a big-time athlete that's headed to Eugene. Anyway, what do you think about this one? Uh, really fast, maybe just as fast as... Nicholas Harbor or faster. And what you said, uh, Oregon needs a lot, a lot more cornerback depth right now. And with getting Cole Martin and Dale and Alston as well, really help. Yep, 100%. Yep. I think, now I don't want to say Oregon didn't want Nicholas Harbor, but I think Pleasant's a much more of a need. I think Harbor was more of a want. And like you said, they're getting a guy like Dale and Alston in there who's also really high prospect you have Cole Martin coming in from Arizona so overall overall Oregon just adding depth to the defensive back room I also want to hit on Deuce Robinson here he did not sign today many people didn't think he was going to sign Georgia's the heavy favor here the crystal ball does favor favor Georgia on 247 sports I don't really know what's going on I know he wants to play baseball he might be waiting to see where he goes in the draft and how things shape up there and how early he's going to get in to wherever he's going to go, whether that's single A, double A, triple A. No one really knows right now. But he does want to play college football. And the teams are the, that are going for him are Texas, Georgia, USC, Oregon. Alabama's in there just a little bit. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. Then Jaden Rashada, he went to Arizona State. Nathan, why, why do you think he chose Arizona State over the likes of TCU? Well, to start off, his uh, dad played there, and uh, Kenny Dillon was recruiting him pretty hard at Oregon before he ended up being a coach at Arizona State. So I'm pretty that ultimately had a huge part in his decision. Yeah, I think Kenny Dillon was the main reason Jaden Rashada went to Arizona State. 
And Kenny Dillingham was at Oregon this past season. They missed out on Nico, who was their top target. And Jaden Rashada was the one, but ultimately they chose Dante Moore over Jaden Rashada. And Kenny Dillingham had a big relationship, big time, long lasting relationship with with Dante Moore. Now it came full circle. Dillingham left Oregon, goes to Arizona State. He brought in Drew Pine at quarterback, but it's never a bad thing to bring in more talent into the quarterback room. So he went back, retraced his steps in his relationship with Jaden Rashad and ultimately brought him home. Now this is a big-time get. Pac-12 has a lot of quality quarterbacks, as we know. A lot of big-time players, and it's probably the most important position for a recruiting class. So going forward, I think Jaden Rashad, this is the right choice. Development, Arizona State, you know, USC and UCLA are leaving the Pac-12. The door is going to be open for a lot of these teams at the bottom in the last couple of years to rise up to the top. I think Arizona State's primed to do so. We also had Walker Lyons. He committed and signed with USC today. So USC, they missed out on Pleasant. They got Walker Lyons. He's going to be taking a one-year mission for, I don't know what exactly it's for, but it's for the church. So he's not going to be able to play this upcoming season. Nonetheless, this is a big-time get for USC. Next. I want to, next, I want to talk about the Harris twins from Florida. Andrew Harris, he went to UCF. And then Michael Harris, he went to Maryland. Two big-time linebacker prospects, both All-Americans. This is surprising to see two twin brothers split up like this on signing day. Many people thought they were going to go to UCF together, but Andrew Harris decided to go play for Gus Malzahn, and Michael Harris headed to Maryland. And then we had a 2020... 2024 commit today, Ellis Robinson the fourth. He's a five-star number two corner in the class of 2024. He's headed to play for Georgia. Nathan, what can you tell us about that one? Oh yeah, top 20 uh, player in 2024 class. Uh, this is just gonna add to what George's looking for in for the uh, number one class in 2024, and a big get for Kirby Smart early on. All right, so let's talk about some winners and losers from today. Now, I want to start out, I think Oregon and USC can both say that they won and lost. I think they're both winners and losers. Oregon, they missed out on Harbor, but they got Pleasant. And then USC, they got Walker and Lions, and, but they missed out on Pleasant. So overall, those two kind of balance out. But we got to talk about South Carolina and what this means for them going forward. To get a win like this on the recruiting, tr- recruiting trail was much needed and added to a top 20 class for Shane Beamer. So the Gamecocks were definitely winners today. And then Arizona State, as we mentioned, they got Jaden Rashada, so that's a big-time win. He visited TCU, and people thought TCU getting the last visit. Maybe he was going to sign there today. Nonetheless, Kenny Dillingham had a big-time get there at quarterback. Let's just overall recap the 2023 class. Go ahead, pull up these rankings. Nathan, what can you tell us? What team do you, you want to start out with here? Uh, let's start out. Let's start with number one with Alabama. Not right. So Alabama, they signed the number one class. They got number one safety Caleb Downs as well. And Nick Saban, remember last year after Jimbo Fisher and A&M, they signed the number one class. And Saban was like, oh, they bought all their players. Well, Saban responded and backed that up with going and signing the number one class. Without his coordinators, I'm not gonna say he bought him, but and he almost uh tied or 
uh, beat that number the number one class from last year all time, like the maybe second best class of all time. Yeah, I think it is the second best, and Saban also has the third best class in twenty twenty one. But let's just look at some of these top players in this class real quick. I'm looking at this list. I already mentioned Caleb Downs. He's the number one safety, five star, out of Mill Creek, Georgia. They also got Justice Haynes. He's from Georgia, five star running back. Hayden Proctor, five star offensive tackle. Remember, he's the kid that flipped from Iowa to Alabama. His home city is Des Moines, Iowa. So he's headed down south, and I think he can play early for Nick Saban. He's got the right size. He's got everything going for him there. Alabama lost some linemen in the portal, so there's definitely going to be some spots open. Then on to Carver, Carver High School in Montgomery, Alabama, they got a duo of James Smith and Quay Russell. Probably the best edge and D-line duo in the class. Two five-stars there. If anyone, any player in this class stand out to you? Uh, probably a sleeper, maybe Richard Young. Really big Alabama-type running back that, yeah, going to Alabama. Yeah, Richard Young, he fell down the rankings quite a bit. He went down to 60 nationally, according to the composite. He's still the fourth running back, but there was a time he was the number one running back in this class, and many, many people were regarded to him as the number one running back. So yeah, that's going to do it for Alabama. And who do you want to look at next? Uh, let's look at Miami next. Right. They signed the number seven overall class. And under Mario Cristobal, Cristobal they got Francis Malgo, the number two offensive tackle behind Kane Proctor, number four offensive tackle, and Samson Oklahoma, number 11 edge and Ruben Bain, number 13 edge and Jane Wayne, and the number 14, number four tight end and Riley Williams. And they also got a flip from Ohio State and running back Mark Fletcher, and a cornerback, number 17, position, Robert Stafford. Yeah, Mario Cristobal did a very good job here one. And when we talk about Mario Cristobal, he's a recruiter. He's top five recruiter in the country. That's the name of the game for them, for him and his staff, his talent acquisition. And like you said, you got Samson Oklahoma and Francis Malagoa, the best offensive line class in the country. Two guys that can step in and fight for playing time early on. I I think Miami's going to continue to sign top five, top ten classes. Now, they were the number three class at one point, but they lost Jaden Rashada to Florida. Then they lost Romani McClain to Colorado, and that ultimately dropped them to seven. Romani McClain was unexpected. He was expected to sign back on December 21st. So that really hurt their ranking, but nonetheless, they signed a really good class. 25 in total. I think they signed a good balance of position. I see tight end, edge, D lineman, offensive tackle. They got Bobby Washington at linebacker, who's a very underrated prospect as well. So nonetheless, Miami signed a really good 2023 class. Did they get a quarterback? Never getting a quarterback in there? Um, I do not believe so. So yeah, Miami, they did miss out on quarterback. Like I said, Jaden Rashada, he decommitted. And they, it was just really too late in the cycle for them to actually go and get someone. That's going to hurt them going forward. They have Tyler Van Dyke for this year. Jake Garcia, he did, he entered the portal. So they're going to have to figure something out at quarterback after Van Dyke leaves. 
be inter- interested to see what Mario Cristobal and his staff does there. Nathan, what team do you want to look at next? Oh, let's go up to the Pac-12 and look at Oregon. All right, go ahead. Get it. All right, the, the highlight, this class, they went out and got, Dan Lane went out and got the number two wide receiver in Jurion Dickey. And also went out and got number seven edge, Teo Uyogale. And number four athlete who will be pro- probably playing tight end at Oregon, Kenyon Sadiq. Those are uh, some three guys that really highlight this class. Anybody that you're looking out for? Well, when I see this class, I, I'm i just looking at this D-line, this group of D-line and edge rushers. I mean, there's a... Let's just say this. Dan Laney understands what needs to be fixed up at Oregon. You know, Mario Cristobal, when he was there, he was getting linemen, offensive linemen in there. Where they had Penny Sewell, he went high. They had Kevon Thibodeau. But Dan Lanning's doing it the way of quantity, but with high quality. I mean, you got Ashton Porter, Amari Washington, Terrence Green, Blake Purchase, Akil Gardner, Johnny Bowens, you already said Mateo. And those are just edge guys. Tatum Tuodi, Tavita Pome, Jaden Moore. All those guys I just named, which was a lot of them, that's a lot of edge and D-line players to come in and play. A lot of them early enrollees, too. I think Mateo's going to step in and play early on. I don't want to talk about transfers too much since we're talking about recruiting and signing day, but seeing that they got Jordan Birch in the portal too with Mateo, definitely reinforcing the pass rush, getting those two guys. They had Oregon sitting at number nine. They missed out on Nicholas Harbor, but like I said, they're one of the five teams going after Deuce Robinson. So I'd say the ceiling for this class is maybe fifth or sixth. Right now they sit at number nine, which is never a bad thing when you're out west, specifically Oregon. In USC, it should be top 10, but number nine class for Oregon, that's pretty solid. Yeah, and with Deuce Robinson pushing his uh, commitment back to give Oregon an opportunity, maybe get a visit in there, talk to him a little more, build those relationships up before he finally commits. Yep, 100%. All right, so the next team I want to talk about, I want to talk about Auburn here. Now, they fired Brian Harson, as many of you know. And a coaching change can sometimes just deteriorate a class. But Hugh Freeze did a great job coming in here and keeping guys signed or going out and get some pretty high-impact players. And I look at these top two players, two defensive guys, Eldrick Falk and Kay and Lee. One's from Alabama and then Lee's from Georgia. I'm talking about two high four-star caliber players come in and play early on. Eldrick Falk is regarded by many to be a top 10, top 8 D lineman in this class. So getting that size up front and winning a recruiting battle like that in the state of Alabama is a big-time get. And they also hammered away in the secondary. I already mentioned Kay, Kay and Lee here, who's a very good player. Then they got Colton Hood, Tyler Scott down there, two more Georgia guys. They also got Terrence Love from Georgia. So Hugh Freeze knows how to put this class together, whether it's guys he already like inherited, they already committed. He kept them and won some big-time battles. Nonetheless, I think this is a really good class for Hugh Freeze. And yeah, and uh, I know we're not talking about transfers. They also got 12 transfers coming in as well, which I know Hugh yep. Freeze is really happy about. Yeah, when you have a bad season and a coaching change happens, talent acquisition is the name of the game. Hugh Freeze really understood that. He has Auburn sitting at the number 18 class. Either what team are you thinking about looking at next? 
Oh, let's take a look at Texas. They have the number one player in Arch Manning. Take a look at him, them and the weapons that they're going to be surrounding him with. Yeah, Texas. And they went out and got some instant playmakers at skill positions. You got Jonte Cook, who's a five-star wide receiver out of DeSoto, Texas. He was a state champion this year. You have Cedric Baxter Jr., who, according to the composites, the number one running back in the class. So that's probably the most underrated recruiting win in the entire country this cycle. Texas, they went into Orlando and they got Cedric Baxter Jr. Now I know Arch Manning played a big part. Arch and him had a pretty good relationship outside of football. And they always talked about playing together eventually. Nonetheless, Texas going into Florida again, the number one running back who grew up a Florida State kid. Dream school was to play at Florida State. And I know Mike Norvell and company, they got him in for a visit right before he, he committed to Texas. And the fact that Texas held on and solidified a key skill position because B. John Robinson is no longer going to be there. Cedric Baxter, door's open to play for him. Nathan, what do you think about Anthony Hill getting him on defense? Oh, it's a big game. I Talking about playing day one, he's definitely going in there and going to be fighting for his spots. Right when he get, he's already in rules, so yeah, he's probably he's fighting for spots right now. Yep. I think Overshone, the linebacker for Texas, I think he's leaving, so yeah, I think Anthony Hill's going to have an opportunity to play early. I want to hit on DeAndre Moore Jr. too. He's a kid that committed to Louisville. He was, quarter, or he, he was the receiver for quarterback Pierce Clarkson at St. John Bosco, and they both committed to Louisville, and then a coaching change happened. Jeff Brom came in, and DeAndre Moore decided to switch schools. So Texas got Jonte Cook and DeAndre Moore on the outside, two very underrated receivers in my opinion. Even though Jonte Cook's a five-star, he doesn't get enough talk talking about the best receiver. And they also signed a very good duo at, sa at safety and corner, Derek Williams, who's a five-star safety. I think he's going to play early too. And we talked about Anthony Hill playing early. And he's going to play early. Malik Muhammad is the other one I was going to talk about. South Oak Cliff High School in Dallas, Texas. So they're getting two guys that are going to come in and play early on in the secondary for Texas. And Texas is sitting at number three in the recruiting rankings right now. Very good, solid class. And I'm sure the expectations are going to be just as high as usual for the Longhorns this year. Anything who are you looking at now? Uh, let's look at Oklahoma. They got a uh, number four quarterback, Jackson Arnold, who has an argument to be number one. As like all the top four quarterbacks do, Dante Moore and Nico as well. And they also have one of the bigger, biggest freaks of the class, and Alda Poju Adabor, who's number two edge, who just started playing football recently. So once he gets developed, at Oklahoma he's going to be very, very scary on the D line. Yeah, I don't think enough can be said about these top three players that Oklahoma got. You mentioned Jackson Arnold and DJ Adabore. But then they got Peyton Bowen, too, who's also a five-star. He's a number two safety in the class. Played at the same high school as Jackson Arnold. Two big, three big-time players, I should say. They're going to come in and play early, try changing this culture around. Now, I think Jackson Arnold, he's going to be sent behind Dylan Gabriel year one, but come year end, I don't see, I, I don't see any way that Jackson Arnold doesn't see the field. It'll be interesting to see what he does in year one. Looking at this class, too, they got linebacker Samuel Omezigo from Crandall, Texas. 
Lewis Carter, another linebacker. You got Dave McCullough, a safety. And they also picked up his brother, Deshaun McCullough, who's an edge rusher in the portal. So Brent Venables, much like Dan Lanning, inherited a roster full of guys he didn't recruit. And let's just say their defenses didn't live up to expectations. Two defensive coordinators at very big schools, a lot of success, won national championships. And they came in, they're flipping their roster, they're getting their players in there. So I expect Oklahoma to make a big jump defensively in 2023 under Brent Venables. I expect them to play a lot of these young guys. Yeah, I can't I can't wait to see what Oklahoma does this year. Should be a very interesting year for Brent Venables and his second year. Yep. Wait, got another team? Uh, let's look at Georgia in 2023, and then we can go look at 2024 as well. All right, so let's start out 2023, Georgia. Who are a couple of players that stand out to you, Nathan? Uh, first off, uh, Damon Wilson, the number three edge out of out of Florida, who is already enrolled at Georgia. I strong feeling that he might be fighting for spots on day one. I don't know for sure though. They got Michael Williams over there right now and Marvin Jones Jr. So it should be interesting to see if he gets on campus and starts playing right away. They also have a really fast linebacker, Braylon Wilson, number three. Yeah, he's a freak. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how he pans out. And then a really high riser late in the cycle, number four, D lineman, Jordan Hall. He'll be playing right away on Georgia. Yeah, Jordan Hall is a guy I also want to talk about a little bit. He's a guy that was four-star recruit, went to the All-American Bowl and caught everyone's eye. Rose up recruiting rankings up to five-star status in the argument for a top two, top three D lineman in the class. But we can't talk Georgia 2023 without talking about this linebacker class. This is up there for the best linebacker class maybe of all time. And we're talking about Raylan Wilson, TJ Allen. We also got Troy Bowles down there. We got three of the top five linebackers in the in the entire country. Three of the top five, which is just crazy to think about. Raylan Wilson, as you already hit on, is one of the fastest players in the country, and he's playing linebacker at 6'2", 220 pounds. Troy Bowles, he's from Tampa, Florida. He's almost as fast as Raylan Wilson. So remember back, uh, I think it was like 2019-2018, Georgia was recruiting guys like N'Kobe Dean, Channing Tindall, Quay Walker. Well, this is pretty much the same thing. We're going to be seeing these guys in about 2024-2025. We're going to be wondering how the heck did they get all three of these guys together and just rotate them through three NFL draft picks. Yeah, this class, they're number two, but that's just a rating number. I mean, we could be talking about this being one of the best classes of all time if these players pan out. Talked about Damon Wilson, and they got Samuel and Pemba down there as well. And, you know, Georgia loves their tight ends. They got yeah uh, Pierce Berlin. And uh, Lawson Lucky, who are both top 10 tight ends, and they're going after Deuce Robinson as well. So let's imagine that trio tight ends. Yeah, Kirby Smart, he's putting the work in the trail. And 2023, nothing different. But 2024, uh, take a look at their 2024 class. And when it's talked about who's going to be number one, people are asking, well, Georgia's number one right now. And by the looks of it, they're going to be on pace to break the all-time record for best class 
of all time. And they have 10 commits already in 2024, which is just insane. There's some schools that have like one or two, if not any. I'm willing to bet that most of them will be signing on signing day, that they will stay committed. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, looking at Georgia's schedule this year, too, they're going to be right back in the national championship discussion, winning 12, 13 games. No reason for these guys to decommit. Yeah, this is headlined by Ellis Robinson the fourth. We already talked about number one corner, five-star prospect out of IMG Academy. Then Landon Thomas, he got, he's the number one tight end. So we were talking about tight ends. Could you imagine if they get Deuce Robinson? They already have Pierce Sperling coming in. And then in 2024, they're getting Landon Thomas, who's the number one tight end, and is also a five-star. And they have Oscar Delp on the team right now. He'll yep. be there for a few more years. Yeah, but he was also a very high recruit. They got Peyton Woodard signed here. They got Ryan Puglisi. He looks like he's going to be their quarterback. He's the 10th quarterback in this class. But speaking of quarterback, let's take a look at the 2024 class. Georgia's going after Dylan Rayola, the number one quarterback. So who knows if A.J. Puglisi is going to be committed for any longer if Dylan Rayola decides to head to Athens and play for Kirby Smart. And you got the 2024 class pulled up. Let's see. Uh, who you, who you think looking at right now? Right now I'm looking at uh, Colin Simmons right now. Uh, number one edge out of Duncanville, Texas. Not, not sure where he's like, going to go yet, but LSU kind of looking, trending towards that right now. Steve Wolfong's got a prediction from the go there. LSU? Yeah. He looks like a freak. Yeah, he's... He'd, be, he'd right be on the freaks list. Number five on the composite player. If you guys wonder what we're talking about, the freaks list is something that 247 Sports, they do every Just like the most gifted athletes in the class. Like Nicholas Harbour is number one. Not every day do you see 6'5", 230 pounds running the fastest 200-meter time. Like that's the definition of a freak athlete. And yeah, Colin Simmons, 6'3", 230, can run with the best of them at... The outside linebacker position. And we're talking about what Georgia could also do later on in this class. Sammy Brown, number four player in the state of Georgia, number one linebacker. Imagine if they get him. And also KJ Bolden. He's from Buford, Georgia. Looking at his profile, Georgia was the only team that was warm, considered warm. But he said that Ohio State and Alabama are definitely in that conversation as well. But Georgia's the home team here. Like a lot of, lot of talent in Georgia. Mike Matthews from Georgia as well. Him and KJ Bolden are three and four in the class, and they're bo- both from the state of Georgia. Don Rayola, we already talked about, he's favored to go to Georgia right now. So three of the top four players have Georgia as the favorite. I know it's early, but this Georgia class, like looking like it could be one of the best all time, if not the best. Yeah, because look, out of the top thirteen players, six of them have Georgia probably in the driver's seat right now, which is just crazy to think about. But some other guys I want to hit on. There's two guys at 16 and 17 in the rankings. Two five-star front seven players, Elijah Rushing and Williams Nwirni. Two five-star D-line and edge rusher. Both, the recruitments are both starting to pick up pretty heavily here. Elijah Rushing getting looked at by West, West Coast schools. You got Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon, Washington, USC's in there. Ohio State got him on campus. Last 
spring, I believe. And then William, Williams Lanieri, he's from Missouri. He took a visit to Oregon, Tennessee, Missouri. He's looking at Oklahoma, Michigan State. Two very talented front seven players. And we're really seeing their recruitment pick up here in the last couple of weeks with their visits. And they already have a, a couple of visits scheduled for the spring. Be interested to see where those go. Another guy that stands out, Brian Wingo, five-star wide receiver from St. Louis, Missouri. Tennessee is the current favorite crystal, crystal ball, but he's had multiple times. He has about six or seven schools that he'd probably put in his top contenders without a favorite. And he did visit Colorado, so that list is probably up to eight now. Coach Prime got him on campus. So when Coach Prime gets you on campus, you never doubt them. Anything can happen. And what do you think about this recruiting class outside of uh, Dylan Rayola? We got Julian Sane and Jaden Davis. Looking at DJ Lagoy right now. Oh, yep. He's committed to Florida. We all saw it happen with Jaden Rashada. I don't know if that's Billy Napier's fault. Probably not what happened. But if Florida goes subpar again this year, and I wonder how that affects uh, DJ Lagway's uh, recruiting status. But also, they do do poor. He will be coming in right away in 2024 and be fighting for that starting spot. Oh, yeah. See, that's the way I look at recruiting, too. A bad season is just an opportunity for a class to come in and change the culture and turn things around and play early on. Like Miami. Yep. Yeah, 2023 Miami class coming in next season. Those guys are going to be playing early. That's a very good example. That is going down the list here. This is one of the better front seven. I'm seeing a lot of D-line and edge rushers here just in the top 50. I'm, we're talking T.A. Cunningham, the former five-star number one D-lineman before the rankings got adjusted. He's from California, and he's all the way down at 41 as the eighth D-lineman, which is crazy because at one point he was number one. And he's raped by a guy named Ernest Willer from IMG Academy, who, unlike T.A. Cunningham, he was low in the rankings. Now he's shot up. 247 Sports, they have him at 12, but he's 40th in the composite. So that 2024 is going to be a really good class, kind of like 2023 was the class of the quarterback. 2024, this could be the class of the D-line, linebackers, front seven type players. And don't overlook the quarterbacks. They might, not, they might only have like one top 10 player, but outside of Dylan Royale, there is a lot of talent in this class. Yep, like you said, DJ Legway, and then Julian saying he's five-star quarterback going to Alabama. Elijah Brown, hotter day. Yep. Elijah Brown, he's one of the best winners in the class. He's only lost one game in his high school career. Another guy, Jaden Davis, he's favored to go to Michigan right now. And hey, let's just be honest here. Michigan, they've had a lot of misses at quarterback. And they missed out on Dante Moore this past cycle. It's a huge loss. You miss out on your state's top player, quarterback. I'd say a position of need after J.J. McCarthy. And I think Dante Moore would Give J.J. a run for his money. I think Dante Moore is that good. And he's going to start at UCLA. I mean, just go back and watch him in the All-American Bowl. Watch him all season long. He's one of the best players in the country regardless of position. Yeah, Michigan getting Jaden Davis, that would be a big-time get for them. And like I said, they're currently the favorite. There's two players I want to talk about that are out in the state of Washington from Odea High School. Two top 50 players. Jason Brown, he's a running back. And then Isendra Afua, he's an offensive lineman. Now they're from the state of Washington. I don't think Washington's in the driving driver's seat here for either one of them. I think USC and Oregon are in it more for Jason Brown. 
I think Jason Brown probably would put Washington in that two or three. But then Isendra Afua, if he had to put out a top four, I don't know if Washington's in that right now. And I'm, right now I'm it's... At, I'm looking at Oregon as the heavy favorite as for a while. USC, they're trying to get him. But another thing that Afua, he talked about, when he got the Alabama offer, he said it was one of the greatest days of his life. You'd have to figure, like, maybe that's a dream school type thing. Never count out Nick Saban. Yep, Nick Saban, never count him out. But the West Coast, they have a lot of talent in this class as well. California is loaded as usual. You already mentioned Elijah Brown, modern-day quarterback. He's going to be a high riser. He's sixth quarterback in the composite, 53rd overall. I expect him to skyrocket this year. Up the rankings, modern-day also has Brandon Baker, number four offensive tackle. Yeah, this class is pretty good. I think Georgia is going to finish number one. That's obviously a year away from now. But right now it's looking like. But like we said, yeah. What Georgia has already in the class, already committed, you pair that with what's in literally in their backyard. If they just get what's in their backyard going forward, they're going to have like five or six five stars. They're going to get a ton of four stars nationally. And just with that, that's that's going to be up there for best class of all time, given five top 10 players, seven in the top 20. And what uh, the schedule is looking like, if they get to the championship again, win the championship, recruits are going to see that. They're going to be flying over there. They're like the new Alabama. Kirby's taking over. Maybe. Is there anything you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, I think that, I think that's it. Pretty busy signing day, not as busy as the first period signing day, obviously. Yeah, early signing day is pretty much taking all the attention. Pretty wild, yeah. But still, pretty exciting day. Exciting nonetheless, yep. All right, that, that's going to do it for today's episode of No Huddle. It's our very first episode. Be sure to leave a like and subscribe to the channel. Leave a comment what you guys want to see on our next episode, what kind of things you guys would enjoy listening to. And we'll catch you guys in the next video. Peace.